This show is sponsored by Hulu Plus. Hulu Plus lets you binge on thousands of hit shows and your favorite anime anytime, anywhere on your TV, PC, smartphone, or tablet. Support this podcast and get an extended free trial of Hulu Plus when you go to HuluPlus.com forward slash anime. That's HuluPlus.com forward slash anime. Shoyu no tonari iru ponyo da. What is that? I believe that translates to ponyo next to the soy sauce. <laughs> what? What? Ponyo next to the soy sauce. You'd you'd eat that little girl, that cute little girl. Are, are, are you implying? Are you implying that Ponyo would make good sushi? just heard the song Kiss You from the anime Silver Spoon by the artist Miwa. And you are listening to the 186th session of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast, where our sole mission is to make, make your, your anime, anime addiction, addiction worse. worse. That was really good. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> really, really good. It got me excited sexually, actually. Well, Whoa. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I actually was going to start derailing. Say, I was actually going to say in that song. I thought she was going to say, I want to kiss you. I want to... And the moment when she got there, my brain filled in a different S word than she said. no. That's dirty. You're one to talk. Yes, I am. Um, Of course, I I am Cram, if you guys didn't know. And joining me is the lovely Mitsugi and the usual Chiaki. Oh, thank you. I am lovely. (laughs) Yeah. Backwards. I'm sorry. (laughs) I reversed that. As long as I have more hair than you, Cram, you must refer to me as lovely. Hey, this this is not natural baldness. I shaved this. You know that, right? You'd still have less hair than me. Uh, if you want to help us out, please drop us a review on iTunes. Uh, and you, as always, you can find us at www.aaapodcast.com on iTunes, where, again, you can please, please rate us and review us. Uh, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash animeaddictsanonymouspodcast and at twitter.com slash podcast, or just search for us at sign podcast. And, of course, we are live on Ustream every Saturday night at 9.30 p.m. EST, streaming live from Japan. I believe we are still the only English-language anime podcast broadcasting live from Japan. Probably. To our knowledge. To our knowledge. <laughs> Someone send us an email if we're wrong about that. 
Who else would sell all of their personal belongings and move to a foreign country just so they could say that? Someone who's this just guy as did. crazy as us, I guess. Do you know how many how many new forum members we have? How many? We have five. And some of these are really, really good. You, you ready for this? Really amazing. Vic McEggnog. No, it's Vic Mig Eggnog. Mig Eggnog. Yeah. My, my bad. Krillin dies at the end. Faze Danyal, Didimon, and Rintoshaka. Not only is Vic Mig Eggnog a very funny name, but his avatar on the forum, as much as we love um, you know, the person to whom the name is directed, <laughs> is a picture of an of a of a eggnog carton with this person's face on the side of it. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Vic Mig Eggnog. That's gonna be my name of the week because even even Vic will joke about how no one can say his name correctly. <laughs> I'm, ta- I'm taking Vic Krillin Mig- dies at the end before Mitsuki does. I'm sorry. I already took Vic Mig Eggnog, so What? What? Did you claim you that? You didn't call it. I fine. Just by talking take, about it, you've claimed I'll it. I'll take Diddymon then. Alright. We had fourteen correct answers in the trivia this week, and the answer was freezing raise your hand if you love freezing not me <laughs> not me cricket <laughs> roko enjoyed it cricket oh did he really yeah that's, that's kind of hilarious high high quality shows right there <laughs> the correct answers came from astrophysics nelly 1876 zen one the count moe factory bobots go icy rose shake a spear two turtles leave it to me is no try and cool manio this week's winner is shake a spear oh nice job and the month's winner is Takyora77. Congratulations. Yay! We're starting a new theme. It's already up on the website, and it is Landscapes. I instructed Chiaki to make this theme much harder than the prior ones. And she did a terrible job because I guessed it in two tries. Well, I have <laughs> I have two that are the easier of the hard ones. and The first one is always one of the easier ones, and then I have another two that are, I like to think, a little harder of the others. So, uh, but yeah, please go to the website and uh, and participate in the in the trivia. So today, if if you guys didn't know, is, mm-hmm. is very special day. It's Ghibli Day. Yay, Yay, Ghibli! So my figure of the day is not actually a figure; it's a diorama or scale model. It's right here, and it if you can't see on the uh, on the webcam, I apologize. But it is a model of the bathhouse from. Spirited away. This thing is so cool. Maybe during the news break, one of us can hold it up closer to the yeah. to the camera or something. Because this thing is awesome, it Graham. Ha- it has like a little plate on the front that has it numbered in a series of like a thousand or something like that. I'll have to read it in a minute. Graham, this looks like you spent a million dollars on it. Can I ask your investment? Fifty bucks. Nice. I got it at a recycle shop, of course. <laughs> Fifty bucks at a recycle shop. Yeah, yeah. Man, that thing must have been like a hundred and ninety dollars. It came new. in the big box. It was actually part of the super ultra special edition DVD um, set of Spirited Away. So I ended up buying the box that had everything in it except the DVD. Oh, it's the bathhouse that represents the bubble economy. How interesting. We're we have the bubble talk, economy sitting right here on our desk. Oh, so the drink of the day is uh, Red Bull. And I'm drinking it out of a Lidakuma whiskey glass. Don't tell anyone I spiked it. It has Lidakuma on the front. We're going to so. get Mitsuki drunk today. Oh, my. Well, I'm going to be drunk later with happiness because I'm meeting some of, our, some of our listeners in Tokyo for a romp. A romp? Some kind a of a romp. romp. I don't know. Are you going to run amok? Uh, yes. <laughs> Jesus, dude. <laughs> so, uh... 
as as always, we have an AAA mailbag or an almighty anime mailbag, which uh, you, of course, can submit your own mailbag questions or comments uh, on the main page at www.aaapodcast.com. There's a tab there labeled mailbag. Super easy. And uh, who wants to read the first letter? I'll read it. Okay, please. Ermis writes, hey, AAA podcast hosts, I personally can handle one or to two filler episodes in a 24-episode anime series. My question to you is, how much filler can you handle before you start disliking the series and or dropping the rating of the series? All right, this might sound weird coming from me, but I think any filler will drop the rating. I think in, in exceptional storytelling, you don't have filler. You have filler when you don't know what to do with the characters and you don't know where the story is going and or you want to sell bikini PVC figures. Or, or, or fill television contract obligations. If I had to put a number where if it exceeds this number, it would ruin it, it would probably be 10 to 15% of the anime. So if it's a 12-episode series, you got like in episode maybe two if it's a 24 you get two maybe three dump mcsmelly in the chat says one piece is basically all filler but i love it (laughs) uh for me if it's a 24 or 26 episode series i can forgive maybe one filler episode maybe one if it's a 12 episode series and if i I don't think it should have any filler at all. I've seen shows that have managed to do 12 episodes that don't have any filler. Now and Then Here and There has no filler. It works amazingly. So, nowadays you have anime that whose the stories are so shallow and simplistic that they really only need three episodes to tell the story. So they just spend the first nine episodes messing around on, on whatever, and then Eating they cake. just eating cake and having you know stupid adventures and then they get to the story at the end so well thank you very much to Ermis for your your mailbag question Uh, the next question um, or comment comes from Oengus and he or she writes dear AA addicts I decided after Anime Boston that I wanted to run a panel the next time I go to a convention and as I know that many, if not all of you, have run panels in the past and highly successful ones from what I have heard, I thought you might have advice on running a panel. Any and all advice would be greatly appreciated. Thanks in advance and I love the show. You came to the right place. I think so. (laughs) Probably. Here's Chiaki's things to be successful at running a panel. Number one, be prepared. Don't just plan on, on winging it have have a powerpoint have an outline have have something that you know will take at least an hour or a half hour or an hour and a half however long you're booking your panel to be have something that you know will take at least that amount of time and then prepare something extra that's the what you're going to do if your tech fails what you're going to do if something doesn't work out what you're going to do if you're finished with your original content and you blazed through it and you didn't get as many questions as you thought you would and now you have 15 minutes. Man, I have some stories about failed tech. Yeah. Um, You'd be amazed how terrible conventions are at handling tech when they promise you that they will give it to you. Don't trust the convention on tech. Be on them about it. Oh, and Chucky already said this, but for, for the love of God, have a PowerPoint. Nothing will kill your panel quicker than having than just having you up there talking. Unless you're really, really funny. Or famous. And, and yeah, or famous. 
And this goes without saying, but talk about something you really know and you really love and something something that people aren't going to stand up and shout you're wrong. And if they do, you can either prove why you're not or you're willing to just take that if it's your opinion. So if you want to have a really popular, successful panel, do panels that appeal to a large range of people and and or tease them with the title of the of the panel in the in the program guide. For example, we I did a panel called Best Anime You've Never Seen. So people go to that panel because they want to have the challenge. Like, oh yeah, I bet I've seen it. Yeah. And that panel routinely has 200 to 250 people. Or one of Kimiko and my most successful panels is the great cosplay dating game. That because works great. Everybody dating. wants to do it. Yeah. Well, thanks again to Oingas for that uh, wonderful mailbag submission. And uh, for right now, we are going to take an anime news break. And when we get back, we will be talking about our lists for the best and worst Ghibli films of all time. Basically ranking all of the Ghibli films. And then we will follow that by a review and a ranking of the newest Ghibli film, Kaze Tachinu. So uh, stick with us and we'll be back. Church of Mitsugi acolytes out there. This is Chiaki, and this is your anime news break. First up, if you're a fan of getting anime in North America, the North American anime distributor Funimation has added four new titles that I suppose could be argued are approaching classic anime status. These four titles are all of the Dot Pack franchise. Funimation made the announcement at San Diego Comic Con that it will release Dot Hack Sign, Dot Hack Roots, Dot Hack Legend of the Twilight, and Dot Hack GU Trilogy on home video. Bandai Entertainment previously released all four anime on home video in North America. Funimation already holds the rights to Dot Hack Quantum, which released on DVD and Blu-ray last year. Another news for you fans of the Titan franchise out there, so much that you just want to give it a hug, Character goods maker Movic has recently announced that it is making two Attack on Titan hugging pillow covers. One for Eren and one for Levi. And, uh, yeah, you really just need to look at the pictures on these because it's actually kind of funny that they did this to these characters. Now, Movic did go on to say that they are not the final designs and each will have brand new art drawn exclusively for these covers, but... If it's anything in the ballpark of what's out there now, well, just Google it and be ready for a little bit of a chuckle. Each polyester suede cover will cost 9,450 yen, which is almost 100 US dollars, and will ship September 19th. In other news that came out at San Diego Comic-Con, North American manga distributor Viz Media has announced that it will release a graphic novel adaptation of Hideyoshi Sakurazaka's all you need is kill novel. The company also revealed that it will release a battle royale essay book and the company will also release Kyoshin Takumi's original battle royale novel with a new translation. So if you're a fan of the franchise, lots of fun stuff coming out from Viz Media. And finally, 
Not quite anime news, but definitely Japan-related, Warner Brothers has recently unveiled a second poster for director Garth Edwards' Godzilla film remake. It's coming summer 2014. The poster for this week's Comic-Con International Convention was revealed this past week. Will it be awesome or total crap? Discuss on the forums. This was Shiaki, and this was your anime news break. Don't go anywhere, because we'll be back to the show soon. Screw this, I'm done. Tough game. Controls are awful, and I'm calling it a night on that. Oh, don't turn off the PS3. I think there may be a new One Piece episode. Let me hook up my laptop. No, the PS3, Mitsugi. Remember, Hulu Plus, dude. You've tried streaming hit shows on your PC on Hulu.com. Now it's time to start your free trial of exclusive content in your living room and on your mobile devices on Hulu Plus. With Hulu Plus, you get total control to watch thousands of shows wherever you want, whenever you want. Use Hulu Plus on connected TVs, game consoles, Blu-ray players, Roku, Apple TV, PC, or watch from anywhere on your smartphone or tablet on demand at all times. And with Hulu Plus, you can binge on full seasons, watch your favorite current shows, and even full series runs of classic TV shows. It's endless. They've got One Piece, Red Data Girl, Attack on Titan, Bleach, Naruto Shippuden, Dragon Ball Z, Sword Art Online, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, and a lot more. Hulu Plus is only $7.99 per month. But right now, they're offering an extended free trial of Hulu Plus that is only available to Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast listeners. Take control of your TV watching experience. Go to HuluPlus.com forward slash anime for your extended free trial or go to our show page at AAAPodcast.com and click on the Hulu Plus banner. Again, HuluPlus.com forward slash anime or go to AAAPodcast.com and click on the Hulu Plus banner. One more time for your extended free trial, HuluPlus.com forward slash anime. アニメアディクトアノニモスはご覧のスポンサーの提供でお送りいたします。Oh, thank God we're back. I missed you so much. I missed you guys so much. Oh, people in the chat. Oh, thank you for being there for me. So now uh, we are going to get into rating and ranking the good and the bad Ghibli movies over the years. Hey, hey, Cram. What? You want to know what else is good and bad? Wh- what? The good, the bad, and the moe. <gasps> Howdy, partner. I seen you riding in on that dusty trail. Welcome to the good, the bad, and the moe. So the good, the bad, and the moe for this week. At long last, there is a new season of the Hajime no Ippo anime. It is going to be coming out this winter. And it's been a long time since we had some Hajime no Ippo. But I'm very excited to have more. Hajime Ippo is a, is a classic, classic boxing manga that's been running in Japan forever. Uh, the story of Makuno Uchi Ippo and his rise to greatness. And for, sport, for fans of sports or people who just like high drama or, or like some action, Hajime Ippo is definitely going to be amazing, so I am extremely excited about that. Oh, moving on to the bad. Guess what was delayed again? Oh, let me guess, let me guess. Sailor Moon. The Sailor Moon anime will probably never happen. It, it's, it's going to become the new Duke Nukem. 
It's the Duke Nukem of anime. <laughs> and then when it comes out, they'll be throwing turds at the wall. <laughs> Blood Lad finally, finally came out after, what, like two seasons of being delayed? Something like that. One or two seasons. But now, I now have been hearing people talking about the Sailor Moon movie for like, the Sailor Moon remake for like three years. So, I'm starting to wonder if it'll ever happen. People in the chat are saying, Winter 2014. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Also, and the ugly... Because I'm Mitsugi, it's my job to stir the pot a little bit. And so, as I always do. The ugly for this week is the anim- the animation production in Attack on Titan. I am the only pod- anime podcast host in the world willing to attack the world of anime's new golden child. You're, you're willing to attack the new titan of anime? What? <laughs> what? I'm what? going to attack the Attack on Titan. For an anime, an anime that basically had to take a recap episode because they couldn't keep up with the animation production, delivers the next episode has the worst production of any of the episodes. I actually timed it, and over 45% of the the anime's episode, episode 14, was either still images, re-looping frames, or flashbacks that we'd already seen. So essentially, things they didn't animate. 45%. So, You're the only person on the planet that doesn't like this show. I, I didn't say I didn't like it. I just, you know, when everyone else is... Two out of five. When everyone else is rolling around in the aisles about about Attack on Titan... <laughs> oh my god, oh Attack on Titan! Oh god! Oh god. <laughs> and the speakers explode. I'm uh, trying to be a more more objecti- objective about it, and when I see... When I see a, a dialogue happen over two straight minutes of pan scenery, <laughs> I have to wonder if we're actually watching anime. So It got bad for me when they stopped animating lip flaps in one of the episodes. <laughs> Does it look like a, a badly dubbed Bruce Lee movie? <laughs> so, I that- love the style. I love the line art style, and I love how the characters look, and I love the coloring. It's just the quality is... Uh. So that is the good, the bad, and the moe for this week. So. Well, thank you very much. There will be more good, the bad, and the moe and Chiaki's mailbag of love later. But starting next week, we're gonna have impressions, oh, impressions yeah. on the summer season. So, so we're um, we're gonna jump into ranking all of the Studio Ghibli films, uh, even ones that aren't technically Studio Ghibli films, like uh, like Naushka. Naushka's not technically a yeah. Ghibli film. Yeah. I, I I want to explain how I did this because I, I made a spreadsheet that kind of did our ranking. It's very simple. We all we all just made a, an ordered rank of the of the Ghibli movies from best to worst, and then I plugged them into a spreadsheet and took an average of our rankings. So for example, if if if, if I had an anime ranked third, um. Cram had an anime ranked fourth, and Chiaki had an anime ranked fifth. The average ranking would be four. So it's simple enough. I, I, and I, you can see our full list when the episode goes up. The episode post goes up on our website. List, yeah. You can see our individual list. I think we do need to give a little disclaimer, and and you may disagree with me, but I'm going to speak for all of us. I when, usually do when I. <laughs> I'm going to speak for all of us when I say that I don't think there is a bad, like an actually bad Ghibli movie. Oh yeah, this goes back to this disclaimer mm. we've always we've always kind of given with Ghibli films is that they're kind of on their own tier. Mm. It's like if we give a Ghibli movie a three and a half, let's say, because I think we gave Ponyo in that ballpark. It's a three and a half compared to other films in its league because if you just compare it to anime in general, 
almost every Ghibli film yeah. is is borderline fucked. It's like I'm not going to I'm not going to say what the 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 bottom of the list is yet, but just looking at what the last film, what ostensibly the worst Ghibli film is, when I see that, I would say that's not a that's not a bad film. Yeah, it's not an awesome film, but it's not so, a bad film. So I think we should just kind of list off the bottom five, just for starters. Okay, if you want. Coming in at the bottom is Ocean Waves. Speaking of things that I yeah. haven't seen, Ocean Waves was a made-for-TV movie that Ghibli did. So, and it's good. It's but pretty it's, good. Yeah, it's it's pretty good, but it ha- it's not like. It has perhaps the most epic bitch slap. Oh yeah, that has it ever does. That oh an, my god that has ever been seen in anime. <laughs> yeah, man, that thing is brutal. <laughs> is it a girl slapping a guy or a guy slapping a girl? It's a girl slapping a guy. Man, she about breaks his neck. She hits him so hard. Did he it's deserve epic. it? It is epic. Yeah, he did. He does, he he's, a, he's a douchebag. Yeah, he's a douche. <laughs> or he did a douchey thing. He's not really a douchebag. No one's a douchebag. <laughs> uh, coming in, at, there, there's 20 on this list, so I guess coming in at 19 uh, would be Tales from Earthsea. See, now when you said that there are no bad Ghibli movies, I think this movie's bad. I don't think this is a bad movie. I I, I think it's I think it has pacing problems. I think it's slow. Um, I wanted to I think nap it loses the whole its, thing. I think it loses its direction in the second act and and kind of finds itself in the in the climax again, but it it's too all over the place and too slow to really be entertaining. I don't think it's a bad movie though. Coming up from that on the list, so this 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 would be number eighteen is from up on Poppy Hill. Now, granted, I haven't seen this, and now there has Chiaki, so this is entirely based on Cram's opinion. But we all trust Cram here, so. And again, I don't think this is a bad movie. I I think it's, I think it's really really slow, but it is it is beautiful and it's touching, but it's not a whole lot of fun to watch. <laughs> I I actually reviewed this on the podcast. Uh, you reviewed it in episode one hundred and seventy, and you gave it a three. Yes. Okay, that sounds right. So, Cram, what is number seventeen on the list? Seventeen is. Shoyu no tonari iru ponyo da. What is that? I believe that translates to ponyo next to the soy sauce. <laughs> what? What? Ponyo next to the soy sauce. You'd you'd eat that little girl, that cute little girl. Are are, are you implying? Are you implying that ponyo would make good sushi? I'm not implying that. I didn't put this terrible well, joke someone, on here. Well, someone someone did it. Okay, it was me. It was me. I did it. <laughs> do you think? Do you think Ponyo is an actually bad movie too? No, I don't. Not at all. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad movie. I think it's, I think it's a kids movie. I think it's the most most childish children's movie that's ever come out of the studio. The the, the problem with Ghibli's movies, especially the older ones, is that they're so incredible, just genius that you really have to be a an incredible Academy Award worthy film to even, you know, be considered amongst the middle ranks of these movies. So, uh, so Chiaki, could you read? Yeah. I think these numbers are mixed up at 16. Sure. Only yesterday. I haven't seen this one only either. Only yesterday. We both, we both put only, only yesterday 15. Only yesterday is touching. It's a touching little film. It is very serious. One of Takahata's films. It's not a movie that will, that will appeal to a lot of people because it's really dry. I mean, most of it takes place in, in, in a girl's memories. Yeah. So... It's not going to be what people expect from Ghibli, but it it has a really it has a really powerful message, I think, and it's it has some meaning, a lot of a lot of deep meaning to it. But 
it's not very entertaining. So the next one on the list, number which comes in at number fifteen. I, I think I think we're about to stir the shit a little bit. Um, How's Moving Castle? Yep. Now I was absolutely stunned that Chiaki had this twelve. I liked the other films more. But you, you were weren't were you and were you not one of the were you not half of the duo that literally attacked me when I said that that Whisper of the Heart had a better love story. I mean, like you, you guys were willing to die for this movie at that on during that night. I don't. I still don't necessarily agree that Whisper of the Heart has a better love story. Chiaki but I also took think, a bullet for Howl's Moving Castle. <laughs> but I also think that Howl's Moving Castle is not. It's fluffy, and it goes back to what I was saying. It's kind of low on the critics scale. It's an adaptation of a book, so it's not original, which cuts it down for me. It's not even a particularly stellar, I'd say, adaptation from a book, which kind of hurts it too. And then it's it's fluffy on the entertainment value. There's some things that you kind of wish they had more of or less of and vice versa. So it's not... It's not that I don't like this film. It's just that I like all the other stuff on my list much better than this film. How's the the biggest problem I have with the Howl's Moving Castle, besides the fact that it, it doesn't know what kind of movie it is, <laughs> and that becomes apparent like halfway through when it becomes a totally different movie, um, I think that it illustrates uh, Miyazaki's pretty unique brand of um, misogyny. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, I know a lot of people will probably disagree with me about this because they're like, "Oh, Miyazaki always has strong female characters." Like, yeah, yeah, I, that's true, but it a theme that that it runs through all of his films that have strong female characters is that you you get the feeling that that Miyazaki feels that women are creatures that have infinite potential and infinite you know independence and can do anything that they you know want to do that they set out to do but they should do those things when they're young and when before they get too old and before they should settle down and become good wives and mothers like all ladies should that's the, <laughs> and that is n that is never more on display than it is in house Moving castle and that's kind of fundamentally the problem i have with with that film my problem with the movie um, Tell us your problem, Mitsuki. I'm not going to spend much time on this because I think it's more important that we talk about the movies near the top of the list. But the movie was originally intended to be, I think, an hour longer than it was. Mm. And they just couldn't handle the, the the volume of content that was in the book. And so it, it just moved too quickly. You know, I, I, I wanted to enjoy aspects of the movie like the war and more about their relationship and things like that, but things like the war were brushed over in like like ten minutes, and it just why even have it if you're just gonna see my wife is kind of an apologist for this film, not even an apologist she just like she just loves this film, and one of the things she loves is their relationship, and she tried to read the book, and the relationship is. I'll just say it's not quite what it is in in the movie, and yeah, she, I've she, heard Howl is a real like real a, asshole like a dickhead <laughs> yeah like like, like, like more like, more so than he is in the movie where in the movie like he does his tantrum and it's cute and you're like oh my god this is hilarious but i've heard he's more like where's my sandwich <laughs> <laughs> woman sandwich now so anyway <laughs> next up on the list uh is number 14 mitsuki do you want to read this one 
Yeah, and honestly, I'm a little surprised that it ended up being so low on the list because... It's got a little bit of that kind of not-fun-to-watch thing going on in it, though. I, I knew that I didn't think it was all that amazing, but I thought everyone else loved it, mm, um, and yeah. that's Castle in the Sky. It's kind of boring. Yeah, that's that's my biggest problem. I think it's got a lot of good mythology in it. I think it's got a lot of good fantasy in it. There are some good flying sequences. There are, there are lots of good things. There are things. good flying sequences. What a surprise. Whoa. Really? Shocker. Shocker. Really? Oh. Shocker. Wait, wait a second. Who directed this? Uh, it must have been Takahata if there. <laughs> so many flying sequences and dying children. Oh, wait. No. I'm sorry. I'm mixing things up. Uh, well, I, yeah, I think that there's there are a lot of great elements in this boring movie. That's that's basically my problem. With it. Do you want to know what my favorite part of this movie is? My fa- my favorite what? scene. The credits. My f- no no. My favorite scene in this movie is 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 when is when the buff guys are like facing off in the village and they're like busting their shirts. Oh off. yeah, that's oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it has good moments, but but the thing for me with this movie is it has good moments and then it's boring in between those yeah. good moments. Unfortunately. I thought so the, can I, I say the next one? Yeah, sure. The next one on our list is The Cat Returns. Ah, I, I love, love this movie. I love this Cat movie. Cat Returns is great. This is one of those movies that, like this, I this said... Is, this actually came in at, what is it, 13? No, is that right? Coming in at number 13. I had it at number 11 on my list because, as I said, this is a perfect example of an anime for me that, okay, yes, critically, it's not amazing. Critically, it is a, a joyful romp through cat It's kind of fluffy, yeah. It's really <laughs> no, fluffy. No, no, no pun intended, cats. Fluffy. <laughs> yeah. But every time I watch this movie, I smile. And every time, no matter how many times I see it, I wa- that I watch this movie, I'm like, oh, that was a good hour and a half of my life. Like... First time I've seen a cat girl in an anime that didn't give me uh, a strange erection. <laughs> <laughs> what? Or that was in, I'm sorry, that was intended to give me a strange erection because I don't get erections at cats. What are you, what are you talking about? I, I, don't judge me. I, I, I thought you didn't. I've seen what you do with your cat at your house. Oh, my God. I, I thought that you didn't like Meryl from Mescaflone. <laughs> I think she's kind of annoying. Well, she is. Yeah, she definitely is. But anyway. But anyway. Mitsuki, please read the next one. Uh, the next one on the list is Palm Poco. <gasps> Scrotum the anime. <laughs> I, l- I love Pompoko. Yeah. I think it's really cute. What can we say about Pompoko? Pompoko, the reason why, the reason why um, on my personal list, Pompoko is 13. And the reason why it came in, in 13 is, one, the movie feels a little long. And anytime a movie feels long, yeah, it does that means there of. are pacing problems. It, yeah, that's exactly what it, that is. It doesn't. It doesn't matter how long the movie actually is. You could have a movie that's forty-five minutes, and you're like, God, is it over yet? Mm. So it's it's not about the actual length of the film. It just feels long, and so that kind of knocks it down for me. Which means it's probably kind of low on the the entertainment. Anytime that you go, it, how long? It, how much longer does it have? It, it's just one of those movies that you feel every minute. That, that's the that's probably the only problem that I can that I have with this movie. No. It's the same problem I have with Akira, which is like my the only problem I have with Akira is that How about the I ending. Think, I think it's poorly paced. How about the ending? The ending of Akira doesn't bother me all that yeah, much. It's I think terrible. It's, I think it's kind of a uh, I don't know. You're wrong. It's terrible. Uh, it's, it's not terrible. I think I think <laughs> no one knows what the ending of that movie is. I don't think it's terrible though. I think it's the person who created it. Do they know? Probably. No, they don't. Let's call them. They don't know. Let's go go pay a visit 
to Mr. Otomo. Yeah. Katsuhiro, what the heck is with you? <laughs> Katsukun, what's up? But this movie delivers a really powerful and, and and unique environmental message. The perspective of the of of the message that it delivers is so interesting to have, you know, because the movie's basically about Andy's animals having their habitats taken away. And I think that, that there is definitely an environmental message here, and oh, and, yeah. and to and to depict the <laughs> that's what the movie's about. Like, yeah. oh, Ghibli, yes, but, environmental messages yeah, and be, flying things. <laughs> yeah, but you'd be surprised how many people will watch this movie and not get that. Really? Yeah, people. A lot of people. Really, the oh. whole thing is about the bulldozers and the nutsacks. Yeah, but and yeah, yes, using but, the nutsacks to yes. stop the bulldozers. Well, most Western people would be so distracted by them pulling on their scrotums <laughs> that they wouldn't see anything else. They're like, "What am I watching?" <laughs> yes, is... but yes, but what, what you're forgetting is that people just look at the story as as the story, and they don't and they don't look at the bigger picture. Yeah. And so, and I think that the fact the fact that they humanize the the, the, the tanuki so well just gives just allows you to side with them in the story so so they humanize the tanukis well that leads me to a question because i have different parts can you do that with your nutsacks boys <laughs> i i make a magic carpet or a parachute <laughs> yes. or a picnic blanket picnic bl- <laughs> hey everyone sit on my nuts <laughs> no i can't do that i wish i could i'm gonna use my nuts as a placemat <laughs> There needs to be a superhero that can just like use his nutsack to fly. Not oh bad. <laughs> I think the the best scene in this movie though is probably the parade. The parade scene. I thought I like that mm, scene. I don't know if I, I don't know that I remember that. Is that is that the scene where they're all they're all in like in like spirit outfits and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah, okay, like so that. so let's keep it moving. Next one so was, was yeah, low that, for me. So that, so that was Pompoko. Yeah, Chiaki can rock the next one. No, this one was low for me. The, okay. I think I think this movie's boring. Okay, I'll rock the next one. I, I mean, it was it was the highest on on Mitsugi's list, but um, yeah. So coming in at whatever it is. Well, well, the highest. What did I have this this movie ranked? You had it at nine. I had it at ten, and Chiaki had it at fourteen. And this I film, think this I think this movie is miraculous. I think it's a great movie. It's a whisper of the heart. I think it's boring. Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna lie. Unbelievable! It's when so I watched good. this movie, I was so bored. I don't even know you. This, Who are you? This uh, this movie is amazing, and it culminates kind of in the middle in an amazing scene where they all get together and play, sing, and play music together in the basement. Yep. That scene. That is the best scene in the movie. And yes, it amazing. is. The ending is also amazing. When yeah, you know. I hate that song. Oh. <laughs> that song has my hometown has my home state its name in it. I like it in English. I hate it in the movie. Cantorito. Konomichi. Konomichi ni suzuiteru. So uh yeah, but no, it's it's a I think it's a really great movie. I do too. I agree. I uh, I think I you know, we we got into this before in a prior episode that's very worth listening to if you go back and listen to the episode that has the the best love story in it. I think that was a one of one of, one of our Valentine's Day episodes. But I think that this movie has the most complete love story of any Ghibli film. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And surprisingly, I sort of think that Adietti has a really I buy into Ad- Adietti's romance. Yeah, it's it's nice. Uh speaking of Adietti, that oh, is that in, next? Yeah, it comes in next. Uh, the secret world of Arietti. Uh, so wait, which, wait which a second. Was, 
So you mean to tell me that Adietti beat out all these other Ghibli movies? All of the other, yeah, the ones that we've already listed. It, it beat, beat out 10 Ghibli movies? Yeah. Blasphemy. What? You didn't like Adietti? No, I'm kidding. I love it. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think Adietti, I think part of the success of Adietti is in, in, in no small part because of Miyazaki's hand all over it. Like, he wrote the script. And it is very, very much a Miyazaki movie, although it is directed by the newcomer what's his name Yonabayashi but, but I, I thought it, I, I, yeah. I thought it was great. he's kind of Miyazaki's pupil by my understanding yeah. so I mean it's like the this heck was with his... my son I know right <laughs> like Yonabayashi does a better Miyazaki than Miyazaki's son whose name is actually Miyazaki well well let's face it Yonabayashi was Miyazaki's choice his son was not his <laughs> choice um but the only reason why this movie this movie came in at number eight on my list and the only reason why i couldn't put it higher was that it just wasn't an original story and that for me like i know there's something to be said for a really well done adaptation but just for me personally in my world if it's not an original story i can't there's only so much credit i can give it and and that I think this is the best adaptation of The Borrowers that has ever existed. I will well, agree with that. I mean, oh, and by the way... Because this one is not like a four-hour miniseries. And it's not stupid. On the stupid. BBC that's stupid. <laughs> and, and by the way... Uh, or a movie with John Goodman. <laughs> Astrophysics in the chat says that the the romance episode that I mentioned before, it was episode 120. It was the Ghibli love story episode. Yeah, so that was that was over a year ago, so... And thank you for that. But yeah, I think um, I think that there's a there's an analogy that I can make with this movie. I think Arietti is to Miyazaki what Super Eight is to Steven Spielberg. Do do, do you I see haven't the seen analogy? Super Eight. Okay, well, to those of you who know what I'm talking about, that's that's what I think of this movie. I just feel like a, you made an inside joke with our listeners. That's that. actually a compliment, but not to Super Eight because I didn't really like Super Eight all that much. So but, coming uh, in, yeah, go ahead. next so, one. Go oh, ahead. Would you Would you no, like to? No, okay. please. So coming in at the next one is a film that I guess this is another one of those where it's like, is it really Ghibli? But we all put it on our list, so it was way higher on my list than it was on your list. And I'm, and I'm curious to hear why that is. I was going to ask you. So okay. so this film is is Loop on the Third, The Castle of Cagliostro. Mm. Uh, Mitsugi had it at 11, I had it at 10, and Cram had it all the way at number 7. That's right. That's right. I think it's a I think it's a brilliant heist film, and I think it's so much fun. Oh, well, no doubt. I don't know. It just does, like, like the entertainment value of it is so high that it, it can trump all of the, you know, hoity-toity thematic stuff that I like to talk about sometimes, but it's... Uh, I think it's it's just one of those pitch perfect heist movies with characters that you relate to and you love and I mean it's just a joy to watch this movie. I completely agree with everything. And the only reason again, this goes back to some of those that I was saying earlier. The only reason why I didn't get higher is just because I thought the other films were mm -hmm. better. I mean some of these it's like, do you want your right leg or your left leg? Mm -hmm. And you're like, I kind of both. I think the only complaint about I, I have about this movie is that it is production quality is not up to the Ghibli standard. I, I don't think it looks as good as other Ghibli movies that came out well, you know, around the same time. And and Faya's Dan Danielle in the chat actually commented on this and I think it's worth noting this isn't 
technically a Ghibli film. Right. It's it's a film that was directed by Hayao Miyazaki, and it was actually his first film, I think, right? It was his uh, first directorial Yeah, maybe. Film? I think so, yeah. I think? Not his first anime. No, not his first anime, but I think it was his first film. Yeah, you might be right about that. Um, Not 100% sure on that, but I think. Either way, it's it's kind of like Nausicaa, where it's not explicitly Ghibli, but Miyazaki did it, so if you want to take it out of our list, then just pop it out and move everything else accordingly, yeah. but I, I include it. So, but yeah, I, I, I enjoy this movie a whole, whole lot. Well, it's certainly the best thing that Lupin the Third's franchise has to offer, even though it's so old now that a lot of people probably haven't seen it, uh, which is... You That's know, a shame. A shame. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a great movie. It goes really fast. If you like Loop on the Third at all, or just heist and crime, this is one of those movies that I think it would be a good one that you could totally watch with like your parents. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, like definitely. like your dad is what's this Japanimation stuff, <laughs> and and you're like, well, Dad, I have a movie that's about crime and heist mm. and. And a mustache twirly villain. <laughs> and a mustache twirling villain. And a damsel in distress. And a damsel yeah. in distress. You want to have some some classic story evening with me? I'll I'll show you something good. So yeah, good stuff. And oh, and and not and let us not forget green suit Lupin. Yes, green jacket green Lupin. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. <laughs> Rest in peace. Green May suit he Lupin. never be forgotten. I have a, uh, I have actually a figure back in the states, a really nice like eight inch figure of green jacket Lupin, and it's beautiful. So what comes in uh, next? Coming in next on the list is. Bum, 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 yes. And uh, I guess we are pretty good. I guess we are getting pretty high now. But Tonarino Totoro, my neighbor Totoro. Cram had this a lot lower than the rest of us. There's just uh, it's not because I don't love the movie. I just think it's I, lo- I love the other ones more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Again, right leg or left yeah, leg, you choose. <laughs> yeah. I can't really put my finger on why I love this movie so much. I just do. Part of part of why I put it higher, and this would maybe be a a third smaller bucket that only applies to some films, but I put this one a little bit higher just because of what it did. Totoro is kind of the yeah. the Mickey Mouse of Japan, mm. even though Japan has Mickey Mouse. Despite but. the fact that he's the god of death. <laughs> what a bunch of crap that is. I think I think this is a really ballsy movie because it's a kid's movie about death. Yeah. And, and, it, and it is. It is from the beginning to the end. It's about their, the kids dealing with the fact that their mom is going to die. I mean, if you, don't, if you ignore all of the stuff that I think is true about, you know, the parallels between May being the little girl that drowns in the pond, you know, that from Miyazaki's hometown that was a news story that happened to him when he was young all that kind of whatever and Totoro being the god of death even if you don't believe all of that it is about dealing with death yeah and I think that's ballsy as hell well it's uh, a certain it's an overarching theme in the movie but I don't think I, I just personally don't believe that that was the the overall intent I mean, that Miyazaki had making it I, either way the film the film is substantial from a a historical perspective from a it's incredibly entertaining. It's incredibly heartwarming. Um, and the music's amazing. The music's amazing. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a really great movie. <laughs> it got it. It just you know for his first film with Takahata, like mm. th- this came out with Grave of the Fireflies, which we haven't gotten to yet on yes. our list. Yes, that's true. But 
So obviously, Grave of the Fireflies is high. I'm not going to say where it is, but obviously it's higher than, than this because we haven't said it yet. And these were their first films. This was the start of Studio Ghibli. I mean, you want to talk about getting it right. It's good stuff. Um, any other comments on Totoro? No. He's really cute. He is cute. It, 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 this movie, maybe for the first time, really highlights all the little critters that Ghibli has continued to fit into their movies since. Mm. Is this the first time we see soot sprites? I believe so. Mm-hmm. Is this the first time we see little Totoros? Uh, unless there were soot sprites in... Uh, no, I think this is the first time. So yeah. there you go. That's cool. So next up on the on the list is uh, kind of considered to be the, the movie that started it all, even though it's technically not a Ghibli movie. It wasn't made under the Ghibli banner at the time, but it has been brought into the fold, and that is uh, Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Yeah, this is actually too... This movie's too old to be Ghibli. Yeah. See, Cram, you and I actually put Nausicaa pretty close. I had it number nine, and you had it number eight. Right. And and the reason why I had it at number nine is, I'm not going to lie, there have been parts when I watch Nausicaa where it feels long. Mm. What? Not it, they're, they're, you are insane. It, it drags I'm, a little bit. I'm, you're I'm you're t- both t- insane. T- <laughs> there have been parts that it, it's not some as much as whole, other ones. Some of the whole war dialogue, technobabble kind of stuff drags where you're like, ah. There's maybe one minute of technobabble. There's in this not movie. one minute. He of will defend this movie to his grave. Clearly, <laughs> he he proposed to Nosca on Facebook. I did. She refused him because she was already married to the forest. I actually, I was. Uh, <laughs> wow, I uh, I was debating whether or not I was going to bring this uh, the diorama of the bathhouse from Spirited Away or my porcelain statuette of Nosca, which I believe you two have seen. Maybe. Mm. Love, I love, I love Nausicaa. I do. In fact, in fact, I love Nausicaa so much that I actually had this number three overall. No. Which, whereas Chiaki had it nine and Cram had it eight, mm. so I, I helped pull this one up a little bit. Coming, it comes in at number at number seven on our list. But this is this movie. I feel like was one of the one of the flowering and crowning early moments of Miyazaki. You know, the other reason why it gets lower, lowered for me is Joe Hisaishi. No, 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 no. Okay, so this is so this movie is a <laughs> no, little bit... No, 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 you're going to defend the music we need of to, this movie? I will, and we need to, we need to move it's on. It's actually been a long time since I've seen it. I, I, I don't remember we need how to move, it is. We need to move oh, on God. shortly, but... It's, there's, there's one nice orchestral piece. Chiaki's, Chiaki's very uninformed about, about the music in this <laughs> oh movie. Oh, my God. There, there's like... This this movie was a little bit early on Joe Hisaishi's in Joe Hisaishi's career, so there's like two tracks of some techno two. type music. Joe Hisaishi found a synthesizer and was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> what's and this?" Then, it's like Eric Clapton on the Guitar X shit that he did. And then, <laughs> and then for, as someone who, who's been studying music for over twenty years, will say that I think that this this movie has probably the most beautiful overarching theme of any Ghibli film. The theme is great. The theme is really good. But I I haven't. I haven't. I'm done. I'm done with this. I mean, to be to be fair, in in just to make a point, the only thing I remember music wise from the movie is the theme, which is really good. But I don't remember anything else about the music from that movie. And I I watched it maybe last time was like a year and a half ago, two years ago. Didn't say it had the best music in any Ghibli movie. I said it had the best theme. But to say that the music's bad is. Silly statement. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm gonna pull some up in the news break, and we'll see what Cram says. All right, you do that. Anyway, 
Um, okay. Next up on the list is an amazing movie. It's an amazing movie. It is. And it's oh, wait, very wait, solid. no, hold on. It's, it's an amazing movie, but I was getting too excited because I was looking too far up the list. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. This one, this one we all pretty much agreed on it. Mitsugi had it at number five. I had it at number five. And Cram, you had it at number six. And it ends up fall, falling at number six on our overall aggregate list. Um, and that's Spirited Away. And I, yay. We had like half an episode talking about this movie not yeah. too long ago. So we yeah. probably don't need to. I was going to say, I don't so feel like there needs to be much to said. I think most people are probably familiar with this, especially in the States, because it won the Academy Award. So. I think I think it might be the best looking Ghibli film. I can. I, th- yeah. I think it's. It, That's definitely it looks possible. Amazing. Um, but yeah, Spirited Away. Just go back and listen to that episode where we talk about it a whole lot. And. Uh, and we're going to move right on. Yeah, to that one. episode wasn't too long ago, actually. So. This next one was pretty low for Mitsugi. It was eight for Mitsugi, uh, four for Chiaki, and three for myself. Woo! Yay! Yay! You know, and, and, I, and, uh, and I just, this morning, was, was thinking about it, and I was thinking, wow, I really wish I'd put this movie higher on, the, higher on my list. Cause I, oh, admitting I, you're wrong. Wow, how about that? <laughs> well, it's, it's one of those things where every time, every time I'm exposed to any content, from any of these movies that are near the top, uh, that are near the top here, I always want, I always think that they're like the best because this this movie has some of the best music of any of the Ghibli films. It does. And so I was just you know swept up in the music. This, this was this was my top three. We need to say what it is. It's coming in, coming in. What's this? Coming in at number five is Porco Rosso. <gasps> I love Porco Rosso so much. Oh my god. I love Porco Rosso for a very similar reason that I love Castle of Cagliostro. Uh, the pacing I, is perfect. The pacing is perfect, and I think it's just an amazingly fun movie to watch. Like, yeah. It's just so much fun to watch. And the you, characters are so good. Oh, my God. You know, it's one of those movies that when I first watched it, I was kind of like, it's a movie about a pig man? Okay, it's Ghibli. I'll I go have, with yeah, it. The first time I watched it, but, I was like, what is this? <laughs> but, I mean, it looks super silly because you see you see the poster, and there's there's, you know, Porgo. Peg it out there, pig, pig, pig. And is there is there a cooler character than the Baron? Is there a cooler character? I, there is, but. <laughs> then I, are, you, are you referring to the the, the cat, the Baron? That's who oh, I I'm think sorry. When no, you I say would, the Baron. I'm sorry. Not not. I'm sorry. I, I meant like the Red Baron. The Red Baron. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was gonna say because there, are, I don't know if there is a cooler character than the Cat Baron. <laughs> the Cat Baron is very cool. He's super cool. <laughs> so um, yeah, the yeah, the. As uh, as Fies Daniel says, that pig guy. <laughs> and I don't know if you're aware of this, but this movie also has flying scenes. Oh yeah, a couple. One or two. One or one and a half flying scenes. <laughs> that, that no, but they're happens. really good. The flying sequences are great. Of course, like you, if, if you make a movie, you know that's central to planes and flying machines and stuff like that. The, the flying sequences better be good. Yeah. Which is, which is actually going to play an interesting role in our review of Kaze Tachinu coming up in a little bit. Cause I have, I have things to say that are a little bit surprising maybe about the flying. Does sequences that also and, have planes? Uh, a couple of them, a couple <laughs> of two, three or 50 or so. But, yeah. Um, all right. Next one. Next one. Our number four on the list. And I think, I think once we've really, now that we've broken into the top five, mm. I feel like a lot of these top five to two are kind of interchangeable. I think I think we're getting more toward uh, opinions. 
Yeah, I mean uh, it's a, it's a toss up. Yeah. But so so the next one coming in just ahead of Pocoroso at number four is Kiki's Delivery Service. Mitsuki had this at number seven. Yes. I actually had this at number two. Wow, this was your number two of all time. This was my number two. What? And Cram had this at despite the dirigible at the. End. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's my only problem with this movie. I think the climax is kind of goofy. But I love this movie so much. Obviously, it was at number four for me. Yeah, yeah, it was at number four for you. And and the reason why I had it so high is, to me, this is a perfect slice of life film. And No, coming of age story, right? Coming of age slice of life. They're very different things. If I was Danielle in the chat asks if we are anticipating to watch the Kiki's live action movie. And no, I'm not. I will watch it. I'm I not, will watch it. I'm, I'm not, not anticipating. It. It looks like doo doo. <laughs> <laughs> Japanese. Such a hater. This this sounds. This is gonna come off really bad, but I'm just gonna say it. Japanese film, live action films. I don't have much anticipation for in general. And you're right, and you're right yeah. to not have anticipation. Spe- speaking of which, we saw the trailer for the Gatchaman, the live action Gatchaman yes. movie, and it looks. It, it looks bad. <laughs> oh, it looks cute. It, cute bad, but bad. It looks bad. It looks like they didn't have enough money to make a movie that looks as expensive as they're trying it, to make this movie look. Isn't it, that always the case? Yeah, I mean... Anyways, what I was trying to say yeah, about yeah. Kiki's is I think this falls into a genre that so many anime don't know what they want to be, so they're like, it's a slice of life, it's a coming-of-age story, it's a it's a finding-yourself story. It's fantasy. It's... And I'm like, no, you just didn't know what to do with your with your show. And and this is a, a perfect example of, of getting it right. So, I love Kiki's. It's really cute. Yeah, the the only the, the problem I see with uh, readapting Kiki's for into the live action medium is when you've already had it adapted perfectly. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know what? I'm I think I'm going to uh, adapt a novel. What novel should I adapt? Oh, there's this really like not very well-known Mario Puzo novel called The Godfather. I think I'm going to adapt it. Um I think um I think there's already a masterpiece for that. <laughs> Yeah, good luck. <laughs> so, no yeah. matter what, no matter no matter what they do, no matter how good it is, we're still going to hate it because it's not the original animated movie. I think I think Totoro could become a live action movie if it were. Oh a, God, help me! Were, if we're a horror film, <laughs> <laughs> it would have to probably be closer to the, the zombie. The, the two the two things I want to see adapted into horror films are Totoro and Katamari Damashi. Oh my God! Right, we really got to move on, guys. Okay. Okay. Coming Unless you in, want to have no time to talk about Kazutachi. Coming in at number three is My Neighbors the Yamadas. This is a perfect slice of life film. Does that please you, Mitsugi? This yes, is this, a perfect yes. slice of life film. It's hilarious. If you know anything about Japanese culture, it's great. Takahata knows what he's doing, and it's beautiful. The animation is beautiful. Yeah, people. People, people yeah. are like, I don't want to watch it because the animation's meh. And I'm like, the. I was like, you have no idea what you are talking yeah, about. Crazy, crazy people. Did you not see the wedding speech scene in the beginning of the movie? Uh, One of the most amazing uh, things you'll ever watch in anime ever. Just weeping, just like tears, just constant tears. It's like the first 15 minutes of Up. Did you yes. guys see? Oh my god! <laughs> it's like the first 15 minutes after your first child's born. You get, you have that feeling. I wanna, I whenever, whenever if Chiaki finally gets married, I want to pay someone to give. 
me that wedding mm. speech. Be like, you're gonna give me a wedding speech, and I want you to memorize this. That whole scene where where the where the bobsled is going up the wedding cake, where how mm. the, how how he makes it into that, mm. I was just like, okay, and that's then, it. I've seen like, I've seen the greatest. Like <laughs> you know, all of the things like when they're inside their house, everything seems to be kind of like a white blank slate. And as they approach objects and approach like counters and walls, they begin to like form and and be drawn oh, it's so in. Cool. It's beautiful. And then, like, the whole sequence where uh, the grandmother uh, uh, faces off against the, the Bolsolzoku. Yes. yes. And, like, that whole scene before where the father goes out there and everything looks so real and it's in such, like, like stark contrast to the rest of the film. Like, it, it kind of builds the tension in an amazing way. The, speaking, the whole movie, like... Speaking of Takahata knowing knowing what he's doing with animation we saw a preview <gasps> for Kaze Tachinu for or at Kaze Tachinu for Takahata's new oh movie my the God. Bamboo Cutter holy crap it looked so good I'm sorry the, the way that they capture speed yeah. in that yes. trailer blew me away I, I didn't know the movie was going to look like this I thought it was I, I felt, had no idea and it, it looks like it looks like a moving Sumie painting it looks amazing uh, I felt like it was moving so quickly. I was just so pulled into it. I, I mean, I oh, can't wait. So excited now. After it's going to be trailer. really, it's going to be really, really good. I bet. <laughs> Coming in at number two, Princess Mononoke. Yay! This, the reason I say yay so much, because these are all great movies. But it was my number one. This is my number one Ghibli film. I actually had this lower. This was my number seven. Uh, I had it number two. Yeah, so I think it's an amazing movie. It is. I I, th- I think it is the second most adult film that Miyazaki has ever made. The first. Being what about Miyazaki? What about Nausicaa? Very adult. I mean, it, it, but it's a fantasy movie. Like, it, there's kid, what? kids can watch that and like get a lot out of it. I I don't think. Oh, they're both very much fantasy movies. They are, but. Uh, I think a kid can watch Nausicaa and understand what it's trying to say. I don't think a kid can understand what Monon- what uh, Princess Mononoke is trying to say. Even though they're saying basically the same thing, it's how they really that are. story <laughs> is being conveyed. Like I, I feel like the best way to tell the Nausicaa story has been told in the manga. Because the manga is, yeah. as good as the film is, the manga, the manga is, is better. infinitely better than the film. And I, I think what Miyazaki did, and he's admitted to doing, is making... Nausicaa the way he wanted to make it and he did that by making Princess Mononoke. I will say a lot more a lot a lot more people die in Nausicaa. Yeah, I guess so. A lot more. But Mononoke is more violent. And coming in at number Maybe. 1 <laughs> is no surprise. Really. No surprise. Shouldn't be anybody's surprise. It was number 1 on my list, number 1 on Chiaki's list and number 2 on Cram's list. So we all pretty much agreed yeah. that this one is I mean, it's it was a tight one and two for me, anyway. But yeah, well, go ahead. And what, what is it? Grave of the Fireflies. So much crying, so much sadness, so much depression. Cutting wrists constantly for the whole two hours. It's not <laughs> it's that. It's gonna get happier, right? It's, right. Things are gonna get better. Oh wait, no! I watched the first five minutes, so I know exactly what's gonna happen. I just have to sit through it and watch it yes, unfold. Yes, but because but because he does that, it casts. The appropriate atmosphere over the entire film. Yeah. This movie is not supposed to make you feel good. And the impact that it has on the viewer is something that people will remember forever after they watch it. It's, it's a heavy film. It's dark. And it's not dark in that Christopher Nolan Batman gritty dark realism kind of way. It's dark in that 
the movie tells you exactly what it is about, what the story is, how it's going to end before it ever starts, and it is your job to sit there and just watch it happen. It's because it's awful. Like it's just it's so painful. Is because they taught you new a a prequel to this movie? Is it a prequel? Yeah, I guess. I guess in a way, it kind of is. Oh, that just became. Oh my. Well, yeah. I. A lot of people say I don't want to watch *Grave of the Fireflies*. It's just too depressing, and I'm like, and I, and I think, well, then you don't really care about anime, because, this is the greatest animated film, ever. But. That's my opinion. But it's it's it. It is up there. And and there have been very famous critics who have said it is the greatest anime of all time. It's so good. <laughs> it's so I mean, you but, can't but the, say the more about it. Like as as I've probably watched Princess Mononoke probably close to probably more than 20 times in my life. 20 times? Yeah. You're nuts. Why why? I, I don't know. I, I, it's I, my favorite Ghibli movie. I've watched I probably I, have seen it 8 times. I I've watched Princess Mononoke probably more than 20 times in in, in my life. I've seen Grave of the Fireflies like two times, maybe two and a half times I, because I just like it's it's an amazing film, but it's not something I'm ever like, you know what I'm in the mood for. <laughs> when, when people tell me they haven't watched it, I'm like, you need to watch it. And they're like, will you watch it with me? And I'm like, "Ooh, oh, yeah, about that. Is, is, is that is that what you say? People say, will you watch Grave of the Fire, Fireflies with me? I say I would be honored. To watch this movie with you. It's the it's the kind of movie that when you watch it, you want to share it with people. Yes. But you don't want to be in the room when you share it with them. It's like here's the DVD, just just do it. <laughs> or I'll be on my laptop. I can't handle this right now. I'll yeah. sit with you here, but I I've 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 been on this journey. And <laughs> it's also one of those those movies that I feel can introduce people in a very positive way to what anime is who who have no experience with anime whatsoever who just know the word and the word itself is kind of poisonous now it is um it's sad but yeah it's true but if you want to show someone what a japanese animated you know piece of art can be hand them a copy of grave of the fireflies and be like here do this yourself bring it back to me and and you'll see what what dumb, this is all about. Dumb McSmelly in the chat asks, so should I watch Grave of the Fireflies or Princess Mononoke? And it, the answer is both. Both, yeah. Um, the, I would watch Grave, if you're going to marathon, if you're going to do like a double feature, Grave first, then Princess Mononoke. Grave is always first because nothing is sadder and you need something to yeah. take you up. And Princess Mononoke is exciting. Yeah. Very exciting, yeah. All right. That was fun. I was really happy with this countdown, and the reason I just want to say one, one one closing comment about it, and I know we didn't give a lot of time to any one movie, but that's just because it's 20 movies and we only had 40 minutes to do this. But I was really pleased that we all we all had the same top eight. Do you realize that? Just mixed up in different order? Yeah. Wow, I didn't realize that. And that's we cool. And generally speaking, if you keep looking down past eight, we all had the same like nine through 14. And we all had the same at the bottom. So we were, and, and we did this completely independently. So we were pretty much in agreement entirely. Um, yeah, we didn't so. look at each other's lists until they were made. That's uh, that's really cool. I'm I'm actually very proud of us. I think this is a good looking list. It is good looking. And if you and if you haven't if you haven't seen Grave of the Fireflies, Princess Mononoke, My Neighbor the Amadas, Kiki's Porco Rosso, or any of the other movies on this list, you should watch them. There's, there's no reason why you shouldn't watch them. There's so much crap out there that if you're watching the crap before you're watching this, 
I question your sanity. If you're not a parent already, Ghibli movies, the best of Ghibli movies are the kind of things that you watch and you're like, this is what I'm raising my kids on. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like that's the feeling that you get when you watch it. And that's a really good feeling that yeah. I don't think, I don't think you get enough when you watch a piece of art. So, but anyway, uh, we're going to be taking an anime news break. And when we come back, we will be doing the long awaited review of Hayao Miyazaki's new film, Kazetachinu. So please stick with us and we will see you on the other side. hardcore fans out there this is Chiaki and this is your anime news break first up we have barely begun the summer anime season and yet companies are already looking to fall the September issue of Fujimi Shobo's Dragon Magazine has revealed that Kohei Azano's Tokyo Ravens light novel series will premiere on Tokyo MX in October it is a supernatural fantasy in a school that centers around Haru Tora, who is a boy from the branch of the Tsuchimikaido family of the Onyodo occult practitioners. However, he lacks the ability to see spirit energy. So, in other news, this year's 34th issue of Kadansha's Young Magazine has revealed that Suichi Shigeno has, will be ending his initial D manga in the 35th issue that is scheduled to release on July 29th. Initial D has been running for 18 years in the magazine, and Shigeno had previously revealed that he was heading toward the manga's finale. I know this is a series that is loved by many and has sparked many, many anime series, so it will be sad to see its conclusion. And finally, in some news that I am especially excited about, the Japanese publisher Homesha's online manga magazine, Purato Home, has launched and a rebooted version of Osamu Tezuka's Princess Knight, or Ribbon no Kishi. The manga commemorates the 60th anniversary of the original manga. Shoko Fukaki of The Battle of Gendu Origin and Guardian Dog is drawing the new manga titled Reborn Kamen no Otoko to Ribbon no Kichi or Reborn The Masked Man and the Ribbon Knights. Atsushi Karaguzaka is handling the scenario and of course as any adaptation should Tezuka Productions is collaborating on the project. Episode 0 of the manga you can read online now, but as expected, it is only in Japanese. This was Shiaki, and this was your anime news break. Don't go anywhere, because we'll be back to the show soon. Hi, this is Melissa Fawn, and I'm the voice of Radical Edward from Cowboy Bebop. Have you seen Feifei? Feifei! Are you anywhere around here? Anyway, I wanted to let you know that I am an anime addict. You hear me? I am addicted to anime.
186th session of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Hey, 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 boys, you know what I did last night? What? I went and saw opening night of Kazetashinu at a Japanese theater. <gasps> did you really? What? That's I did. weird. Well, look at you. You know what else was really weird about it? Two foreigners were sitting next to me. Really? That is weird because yeah. there is some, some creepy blonde girl stealing my popcorn. I did not. I bought my own popcorn. Thank you. I did not steal yours. By the way, at Japanese theaters, you can get half and half popcorn, half caramel and half salt, and that's really yummy. Or half yakisoba flavor. Yeah. They had they had uh, caramel, yakisoba, salt, and that's it, I think. Caramel? Yeah, is that right? Okay. Yeah, but anyway. Something. I, I, and I think I, butter. I had this person sitting next to me, and every time I moved, breathed, made any kind of crinkling noise, <laughs> or even or made any sound at all, I was given, like, the death, I'm no! looking through you stare. You lie. All right, all right. You, okay, it was dead silent in the movie theater. Dead silent. And all of a sudden, to my right, I hear... Crinkle, 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 crinkle. Okay, so and I, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know how he was making that noise. I just want to say two things before we get started. Well, first one is that I'm going to be going on several other podcasts very soon to discuss this movie. And those podcasts are Anime 3000, Anivision, and Anime World Order. So look forward to those and their upcoming episodes. Second, for those of you that don't know what Japanese movie theaters are like, I want to spend one minute talking about it. Expensive. Expensive. You reserve your seats. You res- we, we we actually got a deal: twelve hundred yen, about twelve bucks. You reserve your seats at the counter, like like on an airplane. Like they have the seats that are empty and the seats that you just basically. All right, I want seat D six. You know, for example, and also in the theater, even though there's like a hundred and fifty people in there, no one makes a sound. It is dead, dead silent. silent. They don't even. The weird thing is, they don't even really like laugh or gasp yeah, nope, or. It's nothing. not even like. Okay, it annoys the hell out of me in American movie theaters when people talk, but I like kind of that, like, almost living room feel where it's like everyone busts a gut together and everyone's like... (gasps) Like, even if you go see a comedy, Japanese people don't laugh. They don't laugh. It's so weird. Yes, it is 100% weird. They also, like, like... Almost like every film they go see is at a film festival. They sit all the way through the credits, which is something that I typically do anyway, but to have everyone do it... Yeah, if you get up when when the film ends, it's kind of weird yeah. almost. Yeah, so, I mean, and the reason why no one laughs and stuff like that is because there is, an, there is a tremendous amount of cultural material in, for Japan that is based around not in, inconveniencing other people. Yep. So even if it feels natural to laugh, they won't do it because they don't want to make a sound during the movie. Yep. So, so I was like crinkling. I had a little crinkle out of my candy so, bag. Somehow they don't even make Chiyaki noise when they're the death eating. Stare. Somehow I, they're they're like ninjas know. when they're eating. I, I don't understand. I didn't even know you had candy. You, I, I I also you produced bust- a noise that I didn't know where it came from. Also, as I always do, I slipped a Red Bull can into the movie and cracked that baby open during the movie. Yeah, take that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's actually let's, talk about the movie. Let's get into it. Um, so let's let's do a, a brief synopsis, a summary. Okay, so an autobiographical film about the life of. Jiro Horikoshi, the man responsible for the design and creation of the famous Japanese World War II fighter, uh, Zero Fighter aircraft. Inspired by the aesthetics of design and the freedom of flying, Jiro pursues, pursues a life dedicated to the creation of a beautiful aircraft. The film covers the passage of time from Jiro's childhood, filled with dreams of engineering, to adulthood as he creates an elegant, 
flight-worthy plane that eventually is used for something quite different than he expected. War. I, um, Mitsuki. What? I just, I, I noticed this. What's wrong? Isn't, isn't an autobiography something you write about yourself? Did, did you write autobiography? Oh, I did. Catch that? <laughs> I had to edit that. Snap. Um, I also want to say that this is a fictionalized account of his life. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, it's it's a loose yeah. biography. The zero, the zero fighter is the is is obviously the the Mitsubishi A six M zero fighter. The I mean the the famous zero bomber that everyone knows about from World War Two. Um, but yeah, this. But this for, dude for made the that. young kids out there who don't know what it is. Yeah, for people who aren't old and 27 years old <laughs> um, and know all these things about World War II. <laughs> the the Zero Bomber was the the kamikaze, the the suicide bomber. Yep. For it was the preferred plane to use for uh, suicide attacks where, you know, they just crash the plane into something knowing that they're going to kill themselves, but they'll they'll do it because it's a for sure Damage type well, of thing. To my to my harsh critic sitting to my left, I already fixed it. So thank you very much. Um, I think w- the thing that's interesting uh, you may have hit on without realizing is that th- when this film, when when Miyazaki had announced his next film, uh, he had actually said that he was making an autobiography. That yes. he was going to do an animated autobiography. And we all per- yes, which I was very very much looking forward to. And I think the fact that that project became this project is very telling about how he feels uh relate like how, how how much he relates to this person this uh hirokoshi jiro well, didn't his Hiro- father Hiro- has some involvement also i don't know, ah. I don't know about that. did you did you read that somewhere i, I did sure i think i read that, that somewhere but maybe. who i think i read somewhere that miyazaki's father was a lover of airplanes Oh, I oh Something no, I like think that. that is true. Yeah, I think that's true. And and Miyazaki is a lover of airplanes, of course. He's Really? He loves flying machines, he loves, you know, war stories and stuff like that. And I, I think that uh this movie is probably Miyazaki's most personal film. I, I, I I'm I can say that with confidence. It is his most personal film. I think and and I commented on this directly after we walked out of the theater, but I feel like that's evident in the sense that the main character is a man, and there aren't many Miyazaki films, if any, where the main character is a man. And and we were talking about it. That's in, very true. In in yes, in Mononoke Hime, there's Ashitaka, but he's not the main character. I mean, he is, but he isn't. Or Howl's Moving Castle, the main character isn't. Well, Porco Rosso, the main character is Porco, but there's also really strong women in that movie yeah. that shape Porco as a character. So, so I mean, he doesn't he doesn't really do films about men, and and Porco Rosso, you know, is is kind of halfway fantasy, and and so it it feels different when the character is a man pig than just a man, mm-hmm. and so for this one, it it was almost refreshing in a way to see him do a male character and have it be a male centric movie, and and normally criticism for movies is the opposite, mm-hmm. but. But it was true for, for me. Miyazaki. I mean, it's not that common, which is which is interesting. I, I heard uh, uh, a guy that I, I knew in college who was like way into Miyazaki stuff, like analyzing the films and stuff like that. Um, before like I really got into doing that kind of thing, uh, he he said that that Miyazaki might be responsible for the Moe movement. <laughs> 
just just based on like how he created you what know, a stupid statement characters. that is i don't think it's stupid i think there's a I lot to stupid. i think there's a lot to that i i disagree with you <laughs> but um i don't understand how I, I know that's a different topic but i don't even understand how you can say that where is the justification for that there's a lot in any case because they taught you now uh, so anyway i'm angry now um, you were, you've been angry the whole show. I was born angry. That's your secret. You're always angry. So, <laughs> so anyway, um, I think that the that there are a lot of little hints as to as to why Hiro, uh, um, Horikoshi is Miyazaki in this film, uh, even down to like little minute details, like the fact that they smoke the same brand of cigarettes. Miyazaki yeah. smokes cherry brand, and and at one point you see uh, his pack of cigarettes in the film, and it's cherry brand. Um, one thing, though, that I think colors my opinion or colors my perception of this film, um, knowing that that Miyazaki sees himself as this character or is painting this movie kind of around um, his relationship with this character, is that uh, it, it's fairly well known that Miyazaki is married to his work and hasn't exactly been the greatest husband or father over the years. Yes. And you get the same feeling from the character in the film that he is married to his work and he's very driven. And by night he, you know, dreams of flying machines. And by day he daydreams of flying machines. And it's all he does and it's all he thinks about. And just like the bearded wonder himself, Horikoshi seems to have a problem keeping promises with his family. But apparently only his immediate family and really only his sister. And it's more or less played for laughs every time it comes up. And Except no one laughs. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but in the end, Kaze Tachinu falls victim to a common problem among biopics, I think, and that's the overwhelming adulation of its subject. The beauty of a true story should, on some level, stem from the imperfection of human beings, but more often than not, biopics raise their main characters onto a pedestal where they are beyond serious character flaws or any kind of imperfection that might put them in danger of having the audience turn on them. So when I see a human story, especially one about a real person... I want to see that human warts and all. And the vastly more interesting characters surrounding Horikoshi managed to salvage what could have been a much duller affair. But I don't think he's a very interesting character. I think he doesn't have any character flaws, really. And that's that's problematic. Other I don't think he really changes either. Other than being married to his work. But right, which is, again, kind Yeah, it's of, kind of rushed it's over. It's like, oh, it's cute. He's re- he, he really loves airplanes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, but I think he's, he's praised as a... I mean, even though he clearly sort of neglects his love interest mm. in the movie a, a lot, I think that he's sort of praised for that even. So there's a it's lot of praise from the Japanese coworkers. Japanese culture. Yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is, a lot of it is cultural, but, you know, I, I don't think that, I don't think that Miyazaki is looking at himself or looking at this character the right way um, to make him the interesting character that he could be. What, what, do you, what do you think about the character of Horikoshi? Do you think he's an interesting character? Uh, not really. He seemed very one-dimensional to me. Yeah, that's he's, and he's uh, so-so. He's okay. I I liked yeah. him, but at the same time, I did think he was pretty. He was fairly boring. I th- I I always. Oh, this is a spoiler. Mm-hmm. Um, spoiler coming maybe. <laughs> should we should we save spoilers till the end and then start talking about all the maybe yeah okay. I, he makes choices that I when I see people make those choices in real life I just kind of wonder so I, I want I want to know what you guys did like about the movie though first 20 minutes yeah yeah the first the beginning of the movie was impeccably paced there was um 
there were some the movie included some some historical events that occurred during the time period that really spiced up the action and was were, I that I quite frankly found them found it surprising you know it kind of lulls you a little bit and then and then wakes you up and and gives you it gives you a nice action bit that was ultimately unexpected by by the feel that the movie had in general. One of the things that I really liked, and and I think you might disagree with me on this, Mitsugi, and, and that's fair, but I really liked feeling the passage of time in this movie. I really liked how we started with him when he was a boy, and we saw his dream develop through college, and we saw him him get his first job, and then become accomplished in his first job, and then we saw him go overseas to continue, you know, pursuing it. And we saw him up to the creation of his first aircraft and his first failure, which I don't think that's too much of a spoiler because the first anything people make is normally a failure. Um, and and we saw him have kind of what I would say would kind of be a, a life crisis, going somewhere to, to clear his head and, and get away from it and you know, re recenter himself and reground himself and find that inspiration and then getting married and and living it felt like a full life. I felt like yeah, well, I watched someone grow in age and I liked that. I, I agree that the the movie does show passage of time, but I kinda didn't like the way they did it. I I, I his character's appearance doesn't change at all. Except for when he when he goes from being a child to an adult and so there were times when there would be a, a jump in time. I wouldn't notice it until like a few minutes later, you know. I, so I was a little bit confused at times. I do recognize that that the passage of time does exist, but I didn't catch it immediately as I do in some other movies. I feel like they changed his hair color subtly, and I'd have to rewatch it again closely to confirm these uh, to make sure they aren't in my head. But another thing, I felt like his suit fit better over time like he grew into the the shoes he grew into his adulthood and his confidence mm, you said that last night i didn't notice that but that's that that sounds like i like that idea a lot so if you saw that that's really cool that that was there uh did uh mitsuki did you mention what that action beat was i don't think you actually mentioned what well it was. i didn't mention it because I, I thought it might be a spoiler but oh, i don't ah, think it's a spoiler first 20 it's, minutes. it's the great it was the great tokyo earthquake of whenever like 1938 or whatever 1930 something yeah uh, I can't remember what we should have looked that up. <laughs> so, 1923. 1923. So there's a there's a huge earthquake in the movie, and the way that they represent the earthquake is extremely interesting. It's amazing and very aggressive, and um, something I, I way that I they do it in a way that I've never seen it done before. Like the ground ripples like like water. It's it's interesting, it's amazing. It looks so cool, and it's so scary. And for someone who you know went through the huge earthquake of a couple of years ago, and, and for me, I was like, oh my. My PTSD is kicking in. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one of those things that, like, I wonder if part of the reason why he chose to include that, as you were saying last night, Cram, that it's kind of a, a bookmark for mm -hmm. people who know Japanese history to go, okay, I kind of know where we are now. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, that out of any other bookmark, because, you know, of course, I'm sure there are events all around this time that he could have chosen, maybe not as iconic, but I wonder if the earthquake was a choice because it's still on his mind, and he lived through that, and he saw the images from... You know the Tohoku earthquake and things well, like that. I gotta say that this movie was probably in the works back then. So at least in the planning stages, I think maybe even back then it might have it might have it might have required quite a yeah. quite a bit of effort to change that out of the movie. So maybe that's why it was still there. But 
So yeah, I think I think the first twenty minutes, like we've said, is is so impeccably paced. But the film quickly screeches to a near stop and just trudges its way through an hour of beautiful, if stuffy and ineffectual, scenes of dialogue and dream sequences. And then the film kind of picks up again when the relate when the the romantic relationship starts to develop, but ultimately, you know, promptly throws on the brakes again and crawls toward its kind of anticlimactic. Can I make a <laughs> Which is the I would say this is the most mature relationship we've seen in any Ghibli film, and I'd even venture to say most anime i'm gonna make a confession i after the after the maybe the first 25 minutes and i do agree with your usage of the word screeching to a halt i started to feel extremely sleepy about halfway through that 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 middle hour it was late (laughs) i mean it was late but at the same time the movie became in my opinion quite boring it's it gets really slow it gets really really slow slow and you want to know what it is it's a bunch of the main character Going to work and like drawing airplane sketches and smoking constantly. He he must smoke a hundred cigarettes in this movie, and then going back to work and visiting an airplane factory and it's it, it's that for a whole hour and I just felt sleepy. Um, some of the things I really did enjoy about the movie is is there's a lot of really great theming around the idea of wind. Now the title of the film is Kaze Tachinu, which translates to the wind rises or the wind is rising or, or something something along those lines uh, and there's really nice naming around wind each act of the film similar to a play is ushered in with a with a scene where wind is featured prominently you know any development that happens in the movie there is a scene where wind is used and it's used really well and I think that's that's really a good use of like uh, that kind of narrative device or that tool it's not even a narrative device but that you know that device for kind of bookmarking the film if you will into you know now something else is happening and now this is where this starts and this is where the relationship begins and this is where he gets his new job and you know it it signifies change in the film which uh, I think is really effective and and quite cool yeah I would definitely agree with that I you know I actually really enjoyed this film I'm not gonna lie I didn't I didn't find it as boring as Mitsugi did but I will say I really love documentaries I really love the kind of stuff that a lot of people are like, this is really boring. Mm. And and I I find them fascinating and I find them interesting. So I didn't find it super boring. But that being said, I also didn't find it super exciting either. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't I wasn't falling asleep. I was engaged. Part of being engaged might have just been I was translating in my head the whole movie. Um, but I I wasn't falling asleep, but I wasn't. It wasn't exciting. Uh, I think I think the subject matter of the film allows Miyazaki to kind of display his love for flying machines more than more prominently than he's ever done it before. It's about airplanes. It's about airplanes. But interestingly enough, he never seizes the opportunity to create a really over the top, like bombastic flying sequence. And consequently, the flying sequences are pretty graceful and exhibit kind of a respectable restraint from the director. I think because they could have been nuts. Like, it could have him been Miyazaki just been like, oh, take this flying sequence and shove it in your, yeah, you like it? But it never goes there. Like, it, it never, it, like, everything just seems really deliberately paced and executed, and it's very subtle. And Ironically, one of the best flying sequences of the whole movie were paper airplanes. Yes, which yes. is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the scene where he's throwing the paper airplane back and forth to uh, 
What was his name? Nalco. Nalco. Yeah. Was my favorite scene of the movie. So yeah, at at, at one point in the movie, he does. Nalco. 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 Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, he 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 meets a young girl, um, and then later in the movie they end up meeting again, and and they kind of develop a relationship. And I, th- I think that the relationship was probably the best thing about the movie. Yes, probably. Yep. Um, it is so cute. It's very very cute and very touching. There's actually implied sex. There is, the and there's <laughs> cuddling and hand holding and snuggling. It was good. I liked it. Yep. Um, yeah, it was it was uh, really well handled. Um, and I think I'm going to, I'm just going to drop us into spoiler territory right now. Is that okay? All right. So spoilers are coming. Spoilers coming right now. I think the worst thing about the relationship is, uh, the, the very, very cliched and, um, kind of ham fisted fact that she has tuberculosis <laughs> and it serves no purpose what so uh, it creates ever. drama and that's and that's what i was saying earlier and and i'm not talking bad about this kind of thing but when i see people who are like i've just recently reunited with you i love you you have tuberculosis it's cool let's get married and i'm like whoa 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 you just met this girl this past week yeah and okay. gotten to know her okay so the fact that she's sick really isn't that important well I, but we're running we're running long and I want to get to something that I think is very important okay go for it and that is that ironically a movie that is about creating beauty in flying beauty in, in engineering design finishes up by giving you the by, by telling you the truth that these airplanes that are supposed to be beautiful are used to kill tens of thousands of people and kill in a very I mean, they're suicide bombers. It's, I mean, it's scary. It's, it's a scary. very dramatic. I, yeah. This I mean, super dramatic this, and very scary. This movie super easily could be a prequel to Grave of the Fireflies. <laughs> it could be. A, it could even more easily be a prequel to Pearl Harbor, because these very starring same Ben Affleck. Because these very same airplanes, starring Ben Affleck, were used to blow up Pearl Harbor. And Which, by the way, part of it felt a little awkward being Americans sitting in there. And I didn't feel awkward. All but the Japanese people like, do they know what happens next? <laughs> but I, I had a moment where I was like, this is about World War II, and I feel a little weird. But Miyazaki wants you to know that because there's some airplane graveyard and war, and war shots near the end of the film, right at the end. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I think that the... Film is never about that, though, and I think that's that's a good thing. It's yeah. not, but that but that should not be forgotten by the people that are watching the movie. In that there is an irony. Oh, of course, but it never the film never dwells on the irony of his dream to make you know this beautiful airplane despite the destruction that his creations eventually cause. It is given the slightest nod at the end, like with basically like a really throwaway moment, but it never even approaches like the dangers of, of heavy handedness. And I think that's really good. I think that's a, to, the, to the film's benefit is that they don't dwell on what could be like, yes, of course, he makes something that ends up killing people and that's not what his wants. But yes, we get it. Like, it's not about that. It's about this man. Unfortunately, the man is a very interesting... Someone in the chat said, I take it Miyazaki's characterization of Jiro is pacifist and anti-imperialist. And my imp- my impression of Jiro is that Jiro just doesn't care. Yeah. He just wants to do it. He doesn't... He likes planes. He doesn't <laughs> care, really. Like, I think, I think the irony is commented on, but I don't think it's an irony that Jiro cares about. He created something that he wanted to create. What is done with it is done with it, but he he has accomplished that. I I really want to take final comments. 
Okay. Uh, one thing that we have not mentioned at all is the fact that Hideaki Anno is the voice of uh, Horikoshi Jiro, the the man who directed the Eva franchise. Like a super super influential director is performing for the first time in a Ghibli yeah, but film. Is that really that important? It's, it's I mean, really, who cares? Uh, I mean, I care because his performance is not so good. Yeah, like well, the it's his first that, time doing it. Well, the fact that they hired a director to do that, I think he has a really unique quality to his voice that's kind of weathered and rare among seiyu, but uh, I think his performance is really wooden and one note. I, I, I was not a fan of it. I thought he grew into the voice over the movie, but when mm. they first switched the voice, it was very jarring because they went from, like, child voice to... I am a weathered old man voice. And and it wasn't until three-fourths of the way through the movie that I thought the voice fit the character. Yeah. Is that your final comment, Cram? Um, yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, th- my final comment is that I like the movie, but it's pretty boring. <laughs> okay. It does some good things, but it does some bad things. Chucky? My final comment is finally a movie for engineers um <laughs> and if you like airplanes if you're a pilot if you're an engineer you will like this movie i think i can say that with confidence because he carries his slide ruler around like yeah it's cool my, my final comment about the movie is that people that love miyazaki and go into this movie expecting something along the lines of kiki's livery service porco rosso spirited away um princess mononoke Castle in the Sky are going to be grossly are going to are going to are almost going to feel betrayed. It's not a fantasy movie. Like, it's not. It's not. But people people don't look into stuff when they go to see movies. They just go, "Oh, it's a Miyazaki movie. Great." It's not fantasy, and not, it's very yeah, adult. This is not your mama's Miyazaki. Movie. And <laughs> th- this movie feels more like feels more like the driest of Takahata. Yeah. And so you are not going to get your typical Miyazaki. And if and if that's what if that's why you like Miyazaki, prepare to be disappointed. That's uh, all I have to say about it. My score on this, I did like the movie. My score is going to be a three out of five. My score is going to be three and a half. Wow! Broken airplanes out of five. Wow! I'm going to give it a. Th- I liked it. I'm I, a- I actually, I, I really enjoyed myself. Yeah, you I'm did. Sorry. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you did. Say I'm, that. A, I'm going to give it a limping three out of five. Just okay, barely. So a just barely. barely a three out of five. So we'll aggregate it to a three. I'm fine with a three. Three, yeah. Now, we also wanted to slot this into our ranking of the of the last 20 movies that we did. Yeah, I already dropped mine in. And I have the aggregate ranking, and basically this movie falls at about 13th w- between Pompoco and The Cat Returns. Okay. So it's somewhere towards the upper of the bottom half. Okay. That's That's not too bad. I think if the movie was a little bit shorter and had some, and it was two hours and ten minutes long, and so I think if it, if it was more like an hour and forty-five minutes, you know, I I wouldn't have felt so exhausted after it was over. I will say though that I will re- be rewatching this movie when I have it subtitled. Mm. And yeah, well, because okay. I don't think I necessarily missed anything important, but. I want to watch it again when I am not sitting there going, oh, what's that word? What's that word? Okay, we're on to the next one. What are, what are, what are? <laughs> mm. Okay. Well, that was it. Thank you very much, guys. And uh, that brings us to the end of the 186th session of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. And, of course, as always, you can find us at www.aaapodcast.com on iTunes where you can leave us a rating and a review. Recently, we've been reading uh, five-star reviews on the air, so please do that if you would like to hear us read your review. Uh, and of course on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Anime Addicts Anonymous Podcast and Twitter.com at Twitter 
com slash AAA podcast or just search for us at sign AAA podcast. And you can catch us live every Saturday night at 9.30 p.m. EST on Ustream.tv. Just search for uh, Anime Addicts Anonymous Podcast and you will find us. Thanks to everyone who joined us in uh, a large the audience stream. tonight. Yeah, it was pretty big, about hmm. 25, 30. 20, 30 people maybe. It was great having you guys around. It was awesome as usual. And uh, yeah, please join us next week where we will, what, what are we doing next week? We're going to do a mystery science theater episode of one of the Uh-oh. worst anime ever. Oh, and, I will, and I will not tell you what that anime is right now. That sounds excellent. I can't wait for but that. It's going to be hilarious. <laughs> So taking us out today will be the song Hello Especially from the anime Silver Spoon by the artist Tsukima Switch. And we will catch you all next week. See y'all. See you later. Bye-bye. Now that the show's over, don't forget to sign up for your free trial of Hulu Plus and start watching your favorite hit shows right now. For your extended free trial, go to HuluPlus.com forward slash anime. Again, that's HuluPlus.com forward slash anime.